In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ is in our midst. Invitation and preparation. Those are the words, the theme of this gospel passage that we heard today. Again, familiar to all of us, the parable of the great banquet. But before we get into this, let's look back a bit because everything, as we know, has a purpose, not random in its placement. Up till today in our liturgical calendar, we've been hearing gospel passages and not just on Sundays, but during the week about healings. We have heard and we have seen by our own eyes in terms of reading the scripture of all the many healings that our Lord brought, that our Lord miraculously extended to his people. This was for our purpose to hear, to know, to believe, but also to prepare us, to prepare us for something. And as we know where we are in our calendar, our secular calendar with Christmas, but hopefully we're focused more on a liturgical calendar for the nativity, the incarnation because there's so much that leads up to this fact, this truth of God becoming one of us in His Son and our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why, in addition to this Gospel that we hear, we also commemorate today, two Sundays before the Nativity, the Holy Forefathers of our Lord. The patriarchs, the prophets, the righteous men and women. The list is long, and we hear about them in the readings of Matins. All these people who, not just hundreds, but thousands of years before the birth of Christ, prepared themselves, anticipated the coming of the Lord, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Their stories are there for us to read, are not just stories, but they are meant for our encouragement because we too are in a period of expectation, of waiting for the second coming of our Lord. And yet we know, we have the, the beauty, the, the joy of knowing that God was born in Jesus Christ. And we have thousands of years ourselves of the saints, men and women, saints like St. Dionysios of Zakynthos that we commemorate today, a much beloved saint of our church and a more recent saint in the 16th and 17th centuries, and one who expressed and taught us through his life an extreme example of forgiveness. Any of you or of your children who've attended Ionian Village know very much about St. Dionysios of Zakynthos because they had the blessing to go visit his and venerate his relics on the island of Zakynthos, but also he's the patron saint of Ionian Village. 
His story is long, but the takeaway from it is that once again, just like St. Nectarios and other saints, his humility, his love for the Lord, his preparation from a very young age for a life in Christ, for a life of service, led him to the point of confessing and forgiving as a priest the very same person who murdered his brother. How can this be? How can we imagine ourselves in that position to do such a thing? Yes, he grieved. Yes, he was sad. Yes, it was a a tragic event for he and his family. But yet, he was fulfilling a higher calling. He had prepared himself for this singular, single moment in his life and gave for us an example, one that all of us, as difficult as it may be, should understand about the power, the power of forgiveness in our own lives. No, that may not be an event or a situation where we have to face, but yet it shows us the grace and the mercy and the power of forgiveness and the healing that comes from this forgiveness. So all these people thousands of years before Christ prepared themselves for something, that which they had heard about, that which they believed in, and they prepared themselves. Now this parable, parables as we know, have, uh, are, are, have a hidden meaning, but they have a real life application. And in this parable we hear about literally a banquet, but it points our attention to several banquets that we should be prepared for, that we are invited to partake of. In the time of our Lord, this banquet referred to His message. He was inviting people to Himself. The invited guests were His own people. Remember, each and every time we hear about these Gospel passages, our Lord is someplace, and He usually is responding to a question. A question, or more importantly, a trap that's attempted to be set for him so that he would prove their point that he was violating some aspect of the law. So he was responding to a question, and yet his own people made excuses not to believe. The poor and lame who were invited from the city represents the Gentiles, that it wasn't only Jews who would come to the banquet, but Gentiles as well going out to the highway and the hedges and compelling everyone to come meant that the gospel of Jesus Christ is to be shared with all people, all nations, all people everywhere. And for those who were originally invited not being welcomed, as we heard at the end of the gospel, this would refer to the leadership, the ones who were attempting to entrap him, the ones who should have been the first to recognize him as Messiah to recognize him as the one who their own prophets and Old Testament or or, or righteous, uh, uh, the patriarchs, pointed to and directed them to. They should have recognized him, but instead they called for and ultimately crucified him. They would not be invited to the banquet. Now the other two banquets, you know, hopefully, the one which is the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the 
the banquet of the Eucharist. We are all invited to this. This is why I say when I come out, in a few moments you will be invited to come forward to receive the body and blood of our Lord. It's an invitation. An invitation that we should be prepared for and excited and joyful to receive, to come to the Eucharist. But there's a, a third invitation here, a third, rather, banquet. And when I say banquet that we are invited to, I'm referring to membership in the church. Now, there's lots of discussions we have about what a member is. We read the bylaws, we read the, 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 the regulations, and we read this, and we try to figure this out, and we try to identify this and that and the other. That's not the membership that I'm referring to here. Or more importantly, that's not the membership that you are invited to participate in. I'm referring to not filling out a card or being able to vote at a general assembly. I'm speaking about belonging to something, not just something, belonging to the church. Not that the church belongs to you or to me, but that we belong to the church. And what do I speak about when I refer to as the church? None other than the body of Christ. That's how we understand it. That's how it was handed down to us. That's how our Lord referred to himself. The church is him, the body of Christ. We are grafted into the church. We become members through our baptism. And whether it be an infant or an adult, the words are the same. When you go to a baptism, listen to this. When we are back in the Narthex, and I say, do you unite yourself to Christ? Do you unite yourself to Christ? If the answer is affirmative, you become a member of the church. This is what membership is in our understanding as followers of Christ. So we also have responsibilities. We're invited to something, we accept, we join, and we have responsibilities. The greatest benefit in belonging to Christ, of course, belonging to the church, is our salvation, our potential for salvation, because it begins our journey towards the heavenly kingdom, the heavenly banquet, rejoicing, as Isaiah referred to hundreds of years before Christ, for the banquet in the heavenly realm. Some of the responsibilities we have if we belong to Christ means that we would want to be interested in developing a relationship with Christ, knowing Him, hearing about Him, living His teaching, reading His Word and Scripture, knowing about His people, the men and women for thousands of years who themselves prepared their lives to receive Him and to live according to His teaching and according to His commandments. And then the obvious ones, to read the prayers, to sing the hymns, to follow the daily cycle of prayers, to hear about, to read about, and to apply in our own lives the joys and the sorrows of the righteous men and women who came before us, and to worship Him 
to worship Him in spirit and to worship Him in truth. These are our responsibilities when we become a member of the body of Christ. This is what we are invited to participate in. This is what we are to do when we respond to that invitation, when we accept that invitation to become members of the church, of the body of Christ. Belonging to the church and accepting the invitation to the Eucharistic banquet. These are the other banquets that our Lord is referring to here. These are what are offered to us. And so how do we respond to this? That's what this gospel message is telling us. Because if we don't respond, the Lord asks those who have to go find those who will. Did you hear that? If we don't respond, the Lord asks those who have to go find those who will. This is how he will fill his banquet. This is how we will celebrate the heavenly messianic banquet. And so that is why we are preparing. That is what we are preparing for. And if we do not pay heed to this and pay attention to this and prepare ourselves, our own lives, our own hearts to receive Him, then this will be just another year in our life. Yes, celebrating this and celebrating that, but it'll be just another year. Let's make this the year that our preparations are for receiving the heavenly King in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, and in all our life, so that we too one day, just as He has promised us, and just as He promised thousands and thousands of years that all those men and women devoted their lives to and prepared to receive Him, just as they did, let us be prepared to receive the King. Amen.